You're listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and I invite you to be curious about your unique experience of being human. In this podcast, we'll explore the deeper meaning of ordinary life experiences through conversation, stories, and education. You might have a serious aha moment, or you might just be amused by the movie your life seems to be imitating, or you might just be entertained by one of my awkward stories. I'm hoping you'll become more aware of those moments when a deeper part of you is prompting you to see things differently and maybe even go a new direction. So let's get started. In this episode, I read a blog post I wrote a year ago, spring of 2022. It's about the experience of midlife unraveling. I wrote it two years after I had left my hometown and moved to a beach town with only what could fit in my car, money from selling my house, and no idea what I was going to do for work. Oh, and it was the beginning of COVID. A lot happened during those next two anxiety-filled years, including getting my PhD in depth psychology, taking lots of online self-development and spiritual courses, joining a wonderful community of writers at The Right Practice, publishing my first depth psychology book, launching Dose of Depth podcast, and even dating a former rock star. I guess I had navigated through enough of midlife unraveling and reconstruction that I could turn around and see what had happened to me and write about it for others. A couple months after I wrote the blog post, I left my beach town to pursue my next geographic calling to Annapolis, Maryland. It was summer of 2022, and the most important thing I took with me was my new sense of purpose and my new depth psychology coaching business. Before I dig into our topic today, I was wondering if you would be willing to support Dose of Depth podcast by becoming a financial supporter for as little as $5 per month. Your support helps me a lot. I create and produce and record and edit and promote and pay to host my podcast. And uh, even that small contribution really helps me offset those costs. So thank you for your support or for considering supporting me. Back to midlife unraveling. Have you had yours yet? I say yet because there does seem to be a point in life for most people where what once fulfilled them just doesn't anymore. It could be a marriage, a career, material things, religious beliefs, or other important parts of your life. We're not really equipped to deal with this predictable psychological death and rebirth situation. Many are caught off guard when the new realization occurs. Emotions like anxiety, depression, despair, devastation, guilt, or shame can overwhelm and prompt a retreat from the world or the desperate pursuit of happiness through surface level relief like sex, alcohol, and shopping. But there is a purpose to the midlife crisis or unraveling if that's a gentler word for you. Realizing that what you thought was true isn't anymore can feel like a crisis of meaning. We shouldn't shy away from that. The crisis is an invitation to explore your deeper self. Whether you've already survived a midlife unraveling or you think it will never happen to you, enjoy learning about my framework for exploring that point in your life when you're looking for more than surface level living. Let's get started. Dissecting midlife. There's a point to unraveling. In this post, I write about the experience of midlife through the lens of individuation, a term coined by C.G. Jung, one of the founders of depth psychology. 
which is the study of the unconscious. My favorite writer on the topic is Jungian analyst Murray Stein. I'll put some links to my favorite books of his about individuation in the description box. You can think about individuation as the process of coming into relationship with all the stuff that's been sitting in your unconscious for decades. The unconscious can be thought of as your shadow because some of those hidden aspects of you are sneakily following you around, gathering energy and waiting to jump out to get your attention. You can't get away from it, just like you can't get away from your literal shadow. For example, the versatility and adaptability that helped you climb the corporate ladder might eventually show up as the inability to leave a toxic work culture or relationship. Science affirms that unconscious forces direct up to 95% of who you are, how you think about things and make decisions, your personality quirks, emotional responses, and even who you're attracted to. These patterns were mostly established in childhood as your unique way of navigating the world. Those patterns can be seen as mostly neutral until some of them start getting in the way when you're looking to make a change in your life or experiencing a particularly stressful period. We don't give much thought to this during the first part of our lives because from the moment a baby notices they are separate from their mother, the race is on to accelerate the development of a separate identity, a healthy ego. We do this through rebellious choices, bonding with certain groups of people, educational pursuits, and achievement. Achievement might be the main way we establish an identity because what we achieve highlights how different we are from others, which is the goal of the ego. But we tend to achieve within the convention of our surroundings, and the ego likes us too. It likes certainty. Achievement may be what we cling to most as our midlife unraveling begins, because in a society dominated by patriarchal thinking, hierarchy and ranking are correlated with success. So we go on our merry way in the first part of our lives until... Is midlife unraveling inevitable? Some want to avoid calling it a crisis, but I think that's spiritual bypassing or your ego just trying to control the process. Remember, what's in your unconscious is not known. So when pieces of it come out and challenge your beliefs, it should feel like a crisis. Some of the things you thought were true suddenly cannot be reconciled with the situation in which you find yourself. I remember the moment I discovered I didn't know myself as well as I thought I did. For example, I thought I knew why I was an activist in my 20s. I proudly told people that I wanted to leave the world a better place than how I found it. Then, in my late 40s, as I stood at the podium to receive an award, I sobbed and sobbed in front of a hundred people. It was so embarrassing. I later realized my hidden unconscious motivation for being an activist was to feel validated. Aha, it turned out it was about me, not the world. It was a devastating realization. The people who think they're enlightened or have no skeletons in their closet are those most in denial of their hidden vulnerable selves. Unfortunately, we don't do a good job of preparing people for the inevitable experience of the symbolic death of one way of existing in the world, the death that precedes the rebirth of a more conscious personality. Now, it is true that some people need a more dramatic event to divert attention to their inner world, and their unconscious will oblige. Others maybe are more attuned to those subtle whispers from their unconscious. For example, Unfortunately, I needed a dramatic event to put my attention where it needed to go. The week I saw a coach to explore why my consulting business had mysteriously fallen apart, 
My husband's drinking climaxed. Neither one of us had even known he had an alcohol addiction. And that week, my son said he didn't want to live anymore. Suddenly, I realized it wasn't about my business. It was about my family, specifically my marriage. I had been resisting a buried realization that I didn't want to be married anymore. I didn't even know that's what was beneath the surface of my manic nature of the time. How do you define midlife? When does individuation start? Well, you could say psychological development happens naturally over time. But C.G. Jung suggested that individuation happens when one consciously explores what's in their unconscious. What exactly determines whether someone is in midlife? This is an interesting question. Jung suggested that midlife began around age 35. Of course, that was 100 years ago. Does the fact that we live longer now change that? Personally, I don't think it's as much about age as reaching a time in life when your energy begins to shift from enhancing ego identity to meaning making, which occurs in our inner world. You might wonder whether Jung would update the age because life expectancy is longer, but I don't think so. In fact, many women seem to begin the individuation process at about age 35, when having children butts up against their professional lives. And many millennials seem more conscious in their 20s as they reconcile the desire to find fulfilling work with securing financial resources that are needed to purchase a home and start a family, for example. Others are maybe late bloomers, staying in denial of what wants to break free from their unconscious by expending more and more energy on things like drinking, sports, work, running marathons, volunteering, overgiving, overcaring, shopping, affairs, and other activities an unconscious attempt to hold back what's brewing beneath the surface. So for purposes of this discussion, midlife is that point in life when either by choice or crisis, nothing is quite the same anymore. And the pain of not exploring why this is, is greater than the pain of being in denial. The first task, exploring and sorting through personal complexes. A personal complex is just one of those patterns of thinking, behaving, or reacting that's getting in the way of enjoying life now. What you once enjoyed, you no longer enjoy, for example. What once excited you no longer does. You might not even know what you want anymore. You just know you need something else. Where do you start? With your parents, of course, or caregivers. You could have had a perfectly enjoyable childhood, but that doesn't mean you don't have patterns that eventually are not up to the task of getting you somewhere new in your life. You don't have to be mad at your parents, although for some, childhood was indeed severely traumatic. For example, you could start with this question. What did you learn about love as a child? Or you could replace love with money, work, friendship, marriage. It seems like a simple question, but exploring it will take you places you never imagined. It was my first question, and I came across it in a book by Ianla Van Zant, titled In the Meantime. Exploring that one question helped me make sense of so much, including how I had shown up in my marriage. Our parents or caregivers are our first examples for everything, including relationship, respect, friendship, religious beliefs, values related to work, gender roles, money, work ethic, and so much more. Midlife often is a time for questioning why we believe what we believe, especially when a crisis shines a light on things that no longer make sense. The goal is not to get rid of your complexes. The best you can hope for is to become more aware of them and to diminish the havoc they can wreak in your lives. 
instead seek to relate to these unconscious forces that honestly want to protect you. For example, during my unraveling, I found my inner child, the one that had been hiding since the start of being bullied in third grade. Now she wanted to make up for lost time. A competing voice, I call him my inner lawyer, was so worried she would get out of hand, which was understandable. At 50, I found myself swept up in my first post-divorce romance with a man 17 years younger. But it turned out my inner lawyer was not a judge. He just wanted to make his case. And when I listened, he took a back seat to let me make my own choice. The second task, opening the door to the archetypes. There is something that naturally occurs once you come into relationship with those pieces of you that were begging to be seen. Energy is freed up for an even more important task, that of inviting the transcendent to flow through you for the purpose of creating what only you can create for the benefit of humanity. That sounds heavy, but it also can be a wild and wonderful ride. Archetypes are a blown up version of personal complexes. They are the psychological version of biological instincts. Archetypal energies are universal patterns of human experience that can't really be pinned down except in how they get expressed in specific cultures, during specific times, and through specific individuals. For example, the feminine and masculine are archetypal energies whose expression changes over time. During the 1980s, new expressions of feminine, masculine, and ideas about gender exploded from the collective unconscious. The film Thelma and Louise, along with reactions to it, are great examples of the archetypal energy seeking new expression. Enough individual women and men challenged old ideas about gender and the feminine and masculine, which pushed new ideas to be adopted culturally, including new laws that finally criminalized marital rape, for example. During this phase of individuation, you may find yourself swept up in something that challenges your notion of what is right or even moral. This is the point where you are being called to find truth for yourself, to leave behind a childlike attachment to convention and following the rules others have set for you in order to evolve human consciousness through your own consciousness. The third task, the wound becomes the gift. At the core of the personal complexes and the archetypal energies in which you find yourself swept up is a wound that is seeking expression as a gift or a natural talent. You've always had this natural talent and even may have expressed it, but maybe you noticed that you were never quite as successful as you wanted to be, a kind of self-imposed glass ceiling. That has always been me. That's because there was a hidden agenda that limited its expression. For example, During my unraveling, I found a secondary motivation for having married my husband. It was surprising. It had been hiding beneath the surface for decades. I consciously loved my husband, but now I was able to see that marrying him had also saved me from my chaotic sexual and relationship experiences way back then. Only when I found this hidden agenda could I begin exploring my wounds, which had to do with reconciling my sexuality and spirituality. As these two parts of me fell in love with each other, a buried creative urge was unleashed from my unconscious. Look at me now. I'm a podcaster, a blogger, a depth psychology coach, and I'm about to publish another book. Being swept up in archetypal energies requires letting go of the reins, but also partnering with your ego to find meaning in the crazy experiences, and then to integrate a new attitude about life into daily living. 
This is a great metaphor for a partnership between the feminine and the masculine. The feminine womb is full of chaos and creativity, and the masculine focus helps to bring form to the new creative contribution to the world. Continuing education, up and down the spiral staircase. You might be disappointed to learn that there might not ever be an ultimate moment of wholeness, even after all this exploration. C.G. Jung used the image of a spiral to describe individuation once it had begun. I think a garden auger drill bit is more accurate. Its purpose is to drill into the ground, the unconscious, and bring up dirt, personal complexes. After drilling down and bringing up a little dirt, the process repeats until the hole is big enough to plant something. The first drilling is the toughest, and then it gets easier and you're able to go deeper more easily. Circling back to my mother complex is interesting now. I got through the tough part, and now I'm even more curious about her experience within the context of my ancestry, going back generations. Are you ready to begin your individuation journey? There's so much more to talk about, but I think a good way to understand individuation is through this three-part framework. Try this. First, explore your parental complexes. You can start with that question about what you learned about love, or you can replace love with concepts like work ethic, optimism versus realism, religion, gender, spirituality, class and privilege, marriage and divorce, parenting, poverty, or any other kind of value. The goal is to find out where an unconscious belief might need to be re-examined because it doesn't square with your life experience or with your desire to expand in some way. Second, explore whether you've been swept up by something that challenged your ideas about convention or even morality. If you've already navigated a crisis like divorce, job loss, death of a loved one, a tipping point when it comes to religious or political beliefs, Did you find yourself swept up in an experience that challenged your ideas about right and wrong? How did you manage the tension between letting go of old limiting ideas to expand consciousness, to have a more nuanced understanding of the concept? Third, did you find new meaning and a renewed sense of purpose? If you've been through the previous two stages, how has your attitude about life changed? Did you launch a new business or pursue a new passion? Did you reclaim your artist self? Did you pick up and leave your hometown or a long-term relationship? Do you have courage to do things now that you didn't before? Have fun exploring. Some resources. I'm on a mission to get more people to self-reflect and explore their inner world, which is the only way to change our outer world. Here are some resources to help you explore your inner world. In my book, Your Soul is Talking, Are You Listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose, I teach the language of the unconscious and I expand on this framework for exploring your inner world. I will put a link to my book in the description box. You're already enjoying my podcast today, but if you haven't, go back and listen to prior episodes. In fact, I read each chapter from my soul book on my podcast. Be entertained and inspired by my blog posts, which are all based on my midlife journey. You can get to my blog by visiting DebraLukovich.com. Join my Soul Talk Members Only program, a monthly Zoom chat for just $10. And this supports my mission to get my framework for self-reflection to even more people. And you get this monthly chat with me. The next one is coming up June 22nd. 
Follow me on Instagram to get reflection questions and other inspiring posts and updates on what I'm up to, or engage with my 4,500 Twitter followers on an almost daily reflection question basis. As always, thank you for your support and for having the courage to explore your inner world. I hope you enjoyed listening to me read my post about midlife unraveling. And if you're not excited about the prospect, maybe feel a little less anxious about the prospect of your own unraveling. It's the beginning of an Indiana Jones-like adventure. And of course, I'm here as your depth psychology coach, if you're ready for one-on-one coaching. Until next time. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and you are listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. To get updates on new episodes, my writing, and how I teach my clients to get to know that deeper part of themselves, go to DebraLukovich.com. Oh, and if you're not ready for a coach, learn what my clients know in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. You can check it out on my website or get it on Amazon.